This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys are discussing why they do what they do. It's all about the end game, and the end game for the guys is sharing and growth in education. There's an East Initiative update, information on upcoming appearances, all of that and more up next on EduTech Guys. You're listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in, downloading this episode, turning us on to uh, listen to see what on earth we're going to talk about today. I tell you what on earth we're going to talk about today. We're talking about you going out to Google and typing in www.edutechguys.com. Heck, just type in edutechguys and you're going to find us. And don't forget to check us out on social media. We're everywhere. Just put in at EduTech guys, and there are those two beautiful faces. Okay, they're emojis. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> they're going to be looking back at you, smiling, saying, Hey, how are you doing in education today? Because Jeff's in a bad mood. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had to use emojis. So we, we used to use our real faces, and we were banned by many internet sites. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Google Safe Search blocked us. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the I remember the email vividly. It said your face is scaring babies. Yeah, that's what it said. So we had to. Great, we're making babies cry. Oh that's my wonderful. gosh! Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of making babies cry, Apple had their <laughs> shindig recently. <laughs> you know, I was I, honestly I was a little disappointed. I was expecting, you know, usually I've, I've been I've been looking forward to. I, I have very few bright spots in my life, and so sometimes I look forward to just a new you know a new OS or something you know that's going to release you know because it'll have some some new little Easter eggs and some new little bangs and whistles and you know things like that. And I was hoping, you know, I sat there and watched that hour and a half of Apple were the greatest thing since Band-Aids. And, you know, I'm watching this mess thinking that, OK, any moment they're going to say, and today you can download the new version of Mac OS or iPad OS or whatever. And no, they never even mention it. I have to hear about it after the fact that they're going to release it on the 
the 19th or 20th or the 30th of September or something like that. And I was just really disappointed, man. I've got to tell you. Apple, boohoo, you know. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, my daughter's a senior in high school, and she was texting me during it and and afterwards, and she said, you know, when it was all said and done, she said there wasn't anything different or special. You know, and maybe that's the scary part. Maybe we're at that point. I mean, where can it go now? I mean, until we have you know, literally floating holograms above our hands or wristwatches. I, I mean, what? What what's next? I mean, what's going to make us all go? Oh, that's going to change my life. You know that this is really not that much. I don't think. I I will say, I'm guessing that you know the health stuff Apple brings, and, and that a lot of the companies are bringing. You know, and Apple Apple particularly. There's a lot of stuff with falling and and hearing and your heart and you know living a healthy lifestyle that Apple's bringing to the table, and and it is a little bit more attainable to everyone now. You know, I mean, you, you have to admit you, everywhere you go, every, every third arm you see has probably got an Apple watch on it. So uh, that's kind of neat. And, but I mean, where's it going? And, and I guess now currently with the tariffs really kicking in pretty hard, we're going to see um, a lot of tech, you know, get back to that point where you can't afford it. Remember when we couldn't afford stuff that we wanted <laughs> because yeah. it's too expensive. Yeah. I think we're heading back that way. Well, and what's what's been interesting in that whole tariff thing, I, you know, I don't know if you if you've thought about this or for if you remember, and especially the, the and I'm, I'm kind of speaking to you, Jeff. Yes, but also to listeners, you know, you who are listening to the show um, when when there was first talk of the tariffs and it was going to be, oh, my gosh, all the prices are going to go through the roofs and blah, 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 blah. What I thought was interesting was several companies that that I deal with, and, and Jeff also deals with some of the same companies. They they upped their prices on things that, frankly, I didn't understand how it was tariff related. For example, like hosting for your Wi Fi console, <laughs> you know, exactly. they're hosting it in the cloud. The tariffs go up, and now they're like, "Well, we're going to have to readjust our entire pricing schedule because the tariffs." I'm like. How are they hosted in China? What, what I don't understand right. why why is the price of my con you know my my management host going up when it's on a probably an AWS server somewhere? What I mean, right? Well, you know, I mean that's the kicker, you know. So, and and I guess that's the interesting thing that we're talking about is that uh, I, I didn't understand that at first, and and honestly, I still don't understand it. I guess because so. Yeah, I do. They've got to make that money up somewhere. I mean, you know, they're going to add $25 or whatever they're going to add to every Chromebook or whatever it is. But, you know, I, I couldn't understand. Okay, so I bought a new car and you had to add $100 to my monthly, you know, because of the tariffs. Then why did you go up on the gas, too? That doesn't right. make sense. Yes, to me. yes, exactly. And, exactly. And, and I'm, I'm, it's, I think it's just they want to keep their profit margin and they want to be uh, greedy. And and I think that's the kicker. You know, we were talking. You and I were talking about this. It's funny. We were we weren't going to banner a lot this week. In, this week, but it looks like we're going to banner a little bit. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you you had actually said, you know, um, I, I we don't understand why Apple is. You know, ever some people hate Apple, and some people hate Samsung, and some people hate Windows. But you know, Apple is is a giant. They have more money than they know what to do with, and. That's partially because of greed. I mean, it's we we have made Amazon and these companies, these mega giants, 
because they, you know, they, we act like they're saving us money, but they're actually in it for the profits. I mean, they're in it to make the people that put your money, that uh, buy their stocks and, you know, wealthy. That's what they're out there to do. Sure. Absolutely. You know, we created this monster and it's going to keep going for some time. I mean, Apple just has so much money and so much power that they're just going to keep doing what they do and we can all make fun of it and I've seen so many memes out there about the new three lens, you know, iPhones and stuff. But I promise you, come Monday morning when they release the numbers of the pre-orders, we're all going to be floored. We're all going to be like, how did they sell so many phones? Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it's because it's just, you know, I don't care how ugly the tennis shoes are that, you know, Yeezy turns out or whatever his name is, you know, (laughs) people are going to buy those tennis shoes. Kids are going to drop down their money, you know, for that device or that tennis shoe or that shirt or just because it is what it is. It's the it's the popular thing to have. So, I mean, you know, a car is a car. Inevitably, a car gets you from point A to point B now, you know. I guess if you need, you know, a, a bidet in the back seat and a, and a face spritzer and you, <laughs> you need a 22 inch screen in the front dash, then that's up to you. But still, you know, I don't need that to get to Walmart so I mean, and give Walmart I, my money. So. I, 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 I just want to know which car has the bidet in the back seat. I'm, I, I, I think it's a Bugatti. I, re, I really think. I mean, <laughs> just the word Bugatti. It just sounds kind of exactly, dirty. That's, that's what it is. That's right. That's that's why. That was a good choice. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, look where it is. I mean, everything right now is about what's popular. You know, and and, and I, I think that's you know where we sit. But, well, and, I, and I, along those same lines, though, I, I think that um, I think that's one of the things that this this latest Apple foray, whatever they call their announcement thing, uh, this could sort of potentially be an eye opener, though, if it turns out that when Apple does release those initial numbers and they go, huh, wasn't quite what we thought it was going to be. Maybe our you know fame and fortune is finally starting to wane in the fact that we're not really doing anything different and we better step up our game. Now, granted. Apple has, like you said, you know, more money than it was to do with. Apple could literally not make another thing for like, I don't know what, 10, 20 years. And, you know, that's when it might start hurting their bottom line. So, right. you know, the, the problem is, though, that is the problem. You get these you get certain companies who get to a certain point where um, essentially you, you can you know take the car out of gear and just let it coast. And you're really not going to slow down for some time to come. Well, you know, that is also going to ultimately lead to, you know, the return of, you know, the the what late 80s, early 90s for Apple when everybody went, what's Apple? Well, yeah, and I, I, I think that's possible. I always wondered if they struggle with the idea of are we are we turning out stuff too quickly? You know, is because, you know, they're on a, you know, a six month, one year rotation of, of new iPhones and new equipment, new OSs at this at this point. And it makes you wonder if they just held off a little ways, you know, would it actually increase the, uh, you know, the demand for the product, even if it wasn't a huge change. But, you know, I think what's interesting is, is that we give Apple a hard time, but all of the other companies, all they have to do is follow suit. That's all they have to do. So all they have to do is watch what Apple's doing and meet or exceed it by 3% 
and they get to keep selling Samsung phones or Nokia's or whatever they want to sell. You know, I mean, that's that's the interesting part. I, I've noticed that there's a great commercial out from Microsoft for the new, uh, I think it's the Surface, and it's a kid yes, named Mac, kid named Mac Pro. Yeah. Oh, my. Or right. MacBook. Yes. And, oh, my God. And, and the sad part is, and I'm going to say this, I'm sure it's a fine machine. I've used a lot of great Windows machines in my life, and it looks real pretty, and it looks exactly like a different color MacBook Air. I mean, it looks exactly like one. I mean, it has the little shiny Windows logo on the top that's been, you know, that's been etched out with a laser, just like the MacBook Airs have the Apple that have had there for, you know, seven years now. Yeah, I mean, it, all they have to do is wait for Apple to do something, meet it and exceed it just a little bit to say that, you know, we're faster in doing this thing. You know, and, and I mean, that's, I, I don't know. Hey, you know, but like I said, it's what's popular. But, you know, I know it's something that's really popular because, you know, I've been in education for over 25 years and uh, I've seen the challenges some students have to face every day, you know, whether it's going to school hungry um, or not being able to see a doctor when they're sick. You know, those are the challenges that make it hard for kids to focus on learning. Yeah, exactly. But thankfully, Concordia University in Portland is leading the way with their three to PhD program. It helps combat students' fears, freeing them to pursue their highest dreams. You know, that's true. And what's cool is they're, along with everything else that's happening in the world, they're actually revolutionizing education, you know, by creating a new holistic model that provides groceries and healthcare and even clothing to students right there on campus, you know, helping them to thrive and helping our communities to strengthen and grow. Yeah, Concordia's College of Education offers online and on-campus programs where students have the opportunity to learn about a more compassionate approach to education, and they can see how nurturing the whole student can lead to amazing things. So you know what? If you want to learn more about how you can help students conquer their monsters and achieve their highest dreams, visit cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. That's cu-portland.edu forward slash let's conquer. Hashtag nurture, educate, grow. You know, David and I have a lot of lunch discussions and um, we have a lot of things that happen to us this year. In fact, as we've been doing this uh, over five years now and uh, we make a lot of trips, we take a, a whole lot of trips to conferences and, and we love that part of the gig. Um, that's the first thing is, you know, like, why do we do what we do? Well, we do what we do um, to share. That's pretty much what it comes comes down to. And and I know most people would say, well, listen, we, we've got we've got. Twitter chats for that. And we've got blogs for that. And, you know, this, that, and another thing. But, you know, there's, there really is something about a face-to-face conversation or, you know, a voice-to-voice conversation, you know, about getting into that conversation. And I can tell you that podcasting is wonderful. And we love interviewing people on podcasting. And 99 times out of 100, we like to do it with video because we like to see the people we're talking to. Um, when we go to conferences, um, we actually get to see the people we're talking to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We get to breathe the same air that they're breathing. And um, so, I mean, I think that's 
that's a really a big deal to us. And for us, we always tell people, you know, they ask us what it's like to do 80, you know, interviews in three or four days. And we say, you know, it's like going to 80 micro sessions, micro workshops. And um, we, it's not only that we do that, I, I feel like we, we actually create a really nice personal bond with our new friends in education that we make every time we sit down. Yeah. I think it's so cool that um, we, I, the 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 direction that we have sort of gone, you know, when, we, when Jeff and I first started this podcast, you know, it's it feels like a long time ago, um, you know, all those years ago or, or you know, whatever it's been five years, um, we really didn't have an idea what we were doing other than we we knew we wanted to do a podcast, and it was like literally the next day that there was a conference that happened to be across the street from us, and we were like, hey, you know, let's go set up a table and some microphones, and let's just sometimes literally grab people who are walking by and just get them to share their experience of being at that particular event, and that is – you know, when you talk about when when Jeff says, you know, that's one of our, you know, uh, quote unquote, end game pieces here. One of the reasons why we do what we do for EduTech guys. Now, I realize there's tons of other podcasts out there and, and they have, you know, everybody's got their own reason for doing what they what they do. But one of our primary focuses is and, and really has been from the start is is that sharing is getting letting whoever is sitting across from us, whether it's virtually or physically, getting them to share that little piece of themselves. So if, if you're listening and you've been on the show, that's what it's about. It's about getting you to sit across from us and share in, you know, 10, 15 minutes, some of the, the nuggets that you have obtained, whether it's through a career in teaching, whether it's you're at a conference and you've attended a session or two, or you've presented at a conference. And if you're listening and you've not been a guest on our show, and you're, and you're a listener and maybe you, you don't ever want to be on a guest on any show, which I totally understand. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I hope that you're getting out of our podcast is that sharing right there is where we sit down with folks and just we one of the things I, I hope that, that you notice in our podcast is we generally let our guests do most of the talking because we want them to share. And sometimes, you know, uh, we, we have guests where um, they're a little reluctant to share for whatever reason, might be a little shy, might be, you know, it could be whatever. But by the end of the conversation, Nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, really, um, those folks will say, oh, my gosh, <laughs> this we were just I forgot we were even on the air. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're just talking. We're just having conversation. And part of that conversation is having our guests share what's important to them in whatever moment they happen to be sharing. You know, and I think that's that is the key right there. We we don't send out questions. Uh, we don't have a list of questions that they can be that they can prep ahead of time. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's 
what we've always tried to convey on our podcast. And that's what we try to do in our interviews when we meet people at the conference. Yes, we ask them, you know, what you're doing at the conference and what are you bringing to the conference? But they don't know any of the other questions we're going to ask. You know, they don't know what else is going to come up. And and I think what happens with um, some podcasts and, and a lot of interviews in, in every genre is that they come in knowing the questions. So they've got something prepared. So sometimes it just comes off a bit dry. Um, I want to know why you chose what you chose to teach yes. and why you chose the way you want to teach it. And the only way to get to that is to actually get to the heart of the conversation and get the real emotions behind, you know, why you do what you do, why you're doing what you do, the passion that you have behind it. And um, to me, that that's that's a big deal. If you've ever wondered, you know, it's just like today's episode, um, you know, David and I have a few key topics that we want to discuss, but we have nothing written out. Because we want you to understand the passion behind what we do and how we make it happen. And uh, we want it to be real. We want it to be true. Yeah, exactly. It, it's very um, dynamic. It's very organic. We, we one of one of our favorite questions, like Jeff said, is is not just, you know, why say uh, are you teaching what you're teaching, but especially at, at conferences. Yeah, we want you to tell us, you know, tell us about a session you've attended but we want to know why did you pick that particular session? What did you think you were going to learn there? What did you hope to learn there? And then, of course, the follow up uh, generally leads to. So is that what you learned or what did you come away with wanting more of that wasn't a part of that session? Yeah, that's and, and you know, and, and I think that's the real key to a really great interview. I think that's a really great. So, and, and I hate to use the word interview. That's a key to a really great conversation right, that we exactly. get to have. And, and and I think sometimes they're shocked, and and that's what makes them walk away with you know when it's over with you know I forgot we were even doing an interview. I thought we were just having a conversation. Right, exactly. Yes, yes. You know, and and that's one of the things we talk about a lot is that that's where a lot of the stuff happens at conferences. And and the thing that most people realize is they go to these giant conferences and larger conferences because it's it's the hallway stuff that happens. It's the stuff waiting in line, queuing up to go into a session or you know what, just hanging out in the hallways and meeting new people that are sitting down going through their tchotchke, looking through their pamphlets that they've gotten handed out to them. And you strike up conversations and those are the conversations that actually change your life and change your teaching methods and change who you are as an educator and how you approach uh, technology and education and the whole bit. And, and I think that's kind of what we've always tried to strive to create. And I think that that's what we want to see happen in your classroom. I think we all would agree that that's the kind of relationship we want with our students in the classroom. We want that conversational learning so that every day it's an epiphany for them. Um, and it's one that happens organically that was not, you know, you, you didn't look down at your notes and went, there it was. I knew it was going to happen at 15 right. minutes and 36 seconds into the lesson. No, yes. you didn't expect it to happen. They didn't expect it to happen. And it just changed the course of your curriculum for the, for the rest of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is exactly. And so, you know, the other part of it is, is that <laughs> so I put this in here, you know, the end game, but also what's the cost of what we do? Just so everybody knows, <laughs> you know, we, uh, 
we don't make money doing this. Uh, we make very little money doing this. Uh, sometimes people pay for us to, to come in and we thank them from the bottom of our hearts. We can't tell you that's, that's really awesome. Um, but, um, you know, we do it because we want to do it. Uh, yes. Yes. We, we like to look for sponsors just like anyone else out there with a podcast or doing workshops likes to do. Um, but, you know, we're not mandated by the organizations that we work for. Um, that They actually uh, don't do much support for us. Uh, sometimes they let us off and we don't have to take va- a vacation day. But um, on the whole, we take vacation days. We use our vacation days to continue doing educational technology um, because we enjoy it, because we feel like we're, we're doing something that's worthwhile to our profession. Yeah, a- absolutely. And um, uh, this, uh, I mean... Uh, I don't know. This is going to sound a little, I don't know if braggy is the right word, but here's the thing. If you've been to a conference where we have been, um, and especially if you've been to a conference where we have not been, that is, you have not seen us, that's kind of our point. Our our point is no one else is doing what we do the way we do it. Now, I will say in, especially over the last year, there have been uh, there, there's been sort of a movement to having people set up uh, podcast booths at various stations uh, in you know at at various conferences. But even then, it's still it's it's not it's not what we do. It's not the way we do it. Um, we are um, we're very passionate uh, about. Getting there, getting set up, getting in front of, you know, the folks that are there, getting in front of you and sitting down and just and just having a, a conversation. You know, it's not a big, elaborate, crazy booth that, you know, a lot of folks, frankly, aren't going to step into because it's a crazy, big, elaborate booth. Usually we've got a table with some chairs and yeah, there's equipment. We have to, you know, obviously we've got to have equipment to do this, but really when it's all said and done, it's usually three, four, maybe five of us, you know, all told all together, sitting around a table, chit chatting and sharing whatever it is that you're doing at that conference. And then the after effect of that is taking those bits and pieces and sharing those individual conversations out with, you know, anyone and everyone in the world. And I think that's one of the things that that kind of separates edutech guys from a lot of the other podcasters who um, I'm just going to say it, the Johnny come lately's who, who I uh, think they're, you know, <laughs> they, they think they're the greatest upstarts. Um, and I'm not calling out anybody specifically. I'm just saying there are some and, and you know, that that's how it is. And, and I get that. But the the difference that I have seen, especially is that, at the end of the day, when we have recorded 20, 30 individual conversations for that day, each individual person is given a personalized link to their conversation that they can share out to anybody they want to. We don't chop them all up and put them into kind of a compilation of conversations we had. No, each one of those conversations is important to us, and we believe it's important enough that those folks that we talk to, when we talk to you, it's it's us and you. This is your conversation. So anyone in the world can come and listen to that whole unedited conversation without it being, you know, lost in the shuffle of some, you know, I don't know, overproduced 
like I said, compilation summary of, hey, this is what we did today. I don't know. I, we just we're we're a different breed. Definitely a different breed. <laughs> 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 and, you know, and, and, and that's just, and that's, you know, that's what we do. And, and, and so, you know, that's pretty much our end game. Our end game is to provide something for educators that they can look back on, that they can use to move forward with, uh, that they can, um, they can be proud of. And I, and I think that would probably be our definition of what we've done over the past five years is that I'm, I'm really proud of the work we've done. And uh, I'm really proud to say that, you know, I'm an edge tech guy and that we've done so many, you know, interviews, you know, uh, almost 400 at this point. So that's that's a lot of interviews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just something that we'd like to talk about. And we like to know that that's our end game. So I guess that's the question we have for you. You know, um, let us know about what you do, uh, what you're doing in your class. And so, yeah, we might go to conferences and talk to hundreds of people, but uh, you do something pretty special yourself when you're talking to 30 kids, 40 kids, you know, 20 kids uh, in your classes. So uh, let us know what your end game is. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and if you want to, uh, if, if you're not familiar with our conference coverage, um, head over to conference.edutechguys.com and uh, you will see all of the uh, interviews, the conversations that we've had with folks at a whole slew of conferences. And, and I don't know, maybe in there you'll find some nuggets that uh, you take back into your classroom or you find something that you want to share with us. Uh, and we are all about that. So you can go to uh, edutechguys.com, fill out the little form at the bottom of the front page, or honestly, the easiest way is to jump on to uh, Twitter or Facebook, hit us up on there you know, at edutech guys, drop us a line and, and let you know, let, let us know uh, what you think, what you're doing. And for that matter, if you would like to share your story with us and our listeners, let us know that too. We would love to have you on the show. Hi there. I'm April Jackson, and this is your East update this week. We hear about how East students in Batesville, Arkansas, partnered with the Smithsonian Museum. I'm Shannon Sullivan with Museum on Main Street at the Smithsonian, and we are here to talk about Down on Main, which was a pilot project for a Smithsonian program called Stories Yes, which is digital storytelling and creating exhibitions with local history museums. Jason Weaver of Southside Charter High School, uh, one of the partners on this project. And I'm Julie Reardon, also one of the partners on the project I'm with Southside Junior High. So I um, discovered East through these lovely people and it happened because Museum on Main Street tours traveling exhibitions around the country and we were in Arkansas with an exhibition called Hometown Teams in 2017 and the students at Southside were helping to put together a documentary film about local sports heroes. Um, that project was Hometown Heroes and Julie actually said you really need to get in touch with East and Rinda Hall and um, 
This project came out of that essentially, and we are now providing small grants to East Classrooms in Arkansas, Oklahoma, and last year one in Pennsylvania. If you're interested in hearing the full episode of this week's update or learning more about East partnerships and projects, visit our website at eastinitiative.org or follow us on social media at The East Initiative. I am April Jackson, and this has been your East Update. Hey, thank you so much to April and the folks at the East Initiative for uh, setting us up with the East Initiative update. That's something that we have in nearly every show, and we thank them so much for their hard work. And how awesome is it that students get to work with the Smithsonian? Uh, It's amazing. That's cool. That just shows you the power of East and and what the East Initiative actually brings to all the programs that it is a a part of around the country now. And uh, so if you'd like to know more, don't forget to visit the East Initiative. Uh, Just put East Initiative in Google. You're going to find them. They're also on social media. Find out what the East Initiative can do for your school and your students. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. And, you know, what's really cool is uh, these guys, these two jokers right here, we are actually looking at being at a few places. So um, we have some upcoming places we're going to be at live that if you would like to come and show up and hang out and talk to us and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, The first one that's coming up is the Arkansas Conference of Technology. That's October the 17th in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, and then we are going to be back again at the uh, TCCA conference. That's the Technology and Curriculum Conference of Aldean, October 26th in Aldean, Texas, just outside of Houston. Then right after that, we head north to, to Akron, Ohio for the Teach Better Conference. That's November 8th through the 9th. Yeah, and then right after that, uh, we've got the Illinois Education and Technology Conference, November 13th through 15th in Springfield, Illinois. And then to wrap it out for the uh, semester, we're going to head out west to Phoenix, Arizona, to the Association of Educational Service Agencies 2019 Conference. That's December 4th through the 7th. So, you know, just to find out if we're going to be anywhere, just keep checking back on our website, which is www.edutechguys.com, or just follow us on social media. If any of those conferences change or we reschedule, we'll let you know there. I've had a great show. Um, David, I hope you've had a great show. Oh, yeah, this has been great. I love it. Anytime we can, you know, the two of us just kind of sit down and chit chat. I hope the folks listening have enjoyed this as well. <laughs> oh, they better. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'll be changing my end game. Anywho, <laughs> hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Uh, I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE.
Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet Tier 1 standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.